0: This podcast is made possible with collaboration and input from the LinkedIn Digital Transformation Group with reference to Google News and Wikipedia.
1: Companies that obsess over velocity are clueless about Scrum. Most companies using Scrum spend a lot of time discussing velocity and devising ways to increase it. Velocity becomes a magical, almost mythical number that developers must chase in every sprint. In companies where the velocity whip is cracked, comments like these dominate the conversation. Why was our velocity this sprint lower than the last sprint? Can you please provide a solid explanation? Our velocity has stopped increasing. Maybe it's time to hire a new scrum master? What's the point in having a scrum master if they can't increase our velocity? We didn't complete all stories in our sprint. What can we do to guarantee we'll complete them all next time? The race for an ever higher velocity is the number one reason why so many developers hate working with Scrum. There's never enough time to catch your breath, to pause and reflect on your work. As a result, the team becomes miserable and beaten down. Programmers feel treated like assembly line workers who need to finish tickets as swiftly as possible. Slow down at any point and immediate punishment is to be expected. Velocity worship is deemed necessary because developers are expensive and scarce resources we need to squeeze every last drop out of them. Velocity is the perfect instrument to enforce this biggest bang for the buck thinking. A high velocity must mean we're getting value for money out of our precious resources. Unfortunately, nothing could be further from the truth. Velocity one number to rule them all. As a result of the velocity hysteria, velocity becomes the one number to rule them all. Every sprint, the numbers look great. But this numerical beauty comes at a hefty price everybody on the team is miserable. The team realizes the only way to keep stakeholders happy is if their velocity obeys the laws of the universe, ever expanding. And they know this isn't something they are able to keep up indefinitely. Companies brainwashed by Velocity Worship do not respect software craftsmanship, nor the delivery of value. All stakeholders care about is that one silly number, and when they can expect their feature to be live. Is technical debt slowing you down? Stop whining. That's an imaginary friend who just prevents us from delivering more features. Stop talking about him. He's overstayed his welcome. Are developers assembly line workers? Do developers need a regular crack of the Velocity Whip to make sure they keep churning out features? Is delivering more features always better? I believe the answer to all these questions is a resounding NO. Obsessing over the Velocity of your Scrum teams shows your company is clueless about the purpose of Scrum. Let's go through all the reasons Velocity worship makes no sense at all. 1. The output is less important than what the output achieves. The purpose of Scrum is to help you deliver products of the highest possible value. Measuring the developer's output with velocity is easy, but that doesn't make it matter. More features don't mean more value or a better product. Allow me to illustrate with an everyday example. I may spend 8 hours writing an article that gets only 100 views. Sometimes I write an article in an hour on the train that gets over 10k views. The relationship between effort and value is murky, at best. Readers are clueless about how much time I spent working on an article. They only care about the value my writing delivers to them. The same goes for your customers they couldn't care less how much effort your developers have spent building a feature. Stop optimizing for the amount of effort your development team spends. Start optimizing for the impact the feature makes on your customers. Delivering value is messy. Delivering value requires experimentation, trial and error, and room for reflection. By pushing your team to optimize the delivery of features, you kill the innovation and learning necessary to create a product that matters to your customers. Does what your team produces results of value for your customers and the business? If they can do that by actually delivering less, that's a win. 2. Velocity is intentionally excluded from Scrum. Velocity isn't part of Scrum, it's an optional and complementary practice. Velocity is something your Scrum team can decide to adopt or brush off. Your self-organizing Scrum team is free to stop doing planning poker and no longer report their velocity. Velocity is seen as synonymous with Scrum. This is a fallacy. Scrum leaves it up to you to decide how you want to deal with estimation and throughput. There are countless viable options available to you, hashtag noestimates, t-shirt sizing, ideal days, capacity-driven sprint planning, and many more. If your velocity is dragging you down, please ditch it. Nobody but the scrum team decides how to estimate and forecast. 3. The sprint backlog is nobody's business except the development teams. The sprint is often seen as a way to oppress developers. It's perceived as an instrument to pressure the team to complete as much work as possible. This line of thinking is flawed and false. Only the development team is allowed to make changes during the sprint. Here's how it's phrased in the scrum guide. Only the development team can change its sprint backlog during a sprint scrum guide, November, 2017. During a sprint. Okay. So when does a sprint start and end? A new sprint starts immediately after the conclusion of the previous sprint scrum guide, November, 2017. As the Sprint is the container for all Scrum events, your first Sprint starts at the first event, Sprint Planning. The second Sprint and any following Sprint starts when the time box of the Sprint expires. Basically, you're always in a Sprint. In short, only the development team can change what's in their Sprint, even during Sprint Planning. The view that the Sprint exists to put pressure on developers is unsubstantiated. Developers can only experience stress during the sprint if the development team self-exerts that pressure. How much work is picked up, which ultimately produces the velocity, is solely at the discretion of the development team. 4. The only commitment made every sprint is the sprint goal. Now imagine, even if the team adds too much work during the sprint, they never commit to completing all work that was added in the sprint backlog. The development team commits to achieving only a single thing every sprint, the sprint goal. What does this mean for your development team? As long as the development team doesn't put the sprint goal at risk, the sprint backlog is completely flexible. Sprint backlog items that do not relate to the sprint goal may be carried over to the next sprint at no penalty. The plan and the work necessary to meet the sprint goal can be discussed and amended at any time meeting the objective is more important than following the plan or completing a specific body of work there is no commitment to velocity only a commitment to a goal with variable scope five scrum already creates enough urgency to deliver scrum already contains enough devices that put a healthy pressure on your development team to deliver a working product every sprint the sprint sprint planning daily scrum and the sprint review all serve this purpose Heck, even the sprint retrospective is for learning what you can do better so you can deliver a product increment next time. The presence of these events make putting additional pressure with velocity unnecessary and even harmful. Each working day urgency is instilled to meet the sprint goal at the daily scrum. To do scrum well requires discipline and focus. Putting too much velocity pressure on your team just buries your team and sets them up for failure. Companies should show more trust and respect to their developers. A velocity obsession is a telltale sign of the feature factory mindset. Caring about velocity indicates the company believes delivering more features is always better. Unfortunately, more features don't mean more value is delivered. To deliver value, you need the time to experiment, innovate, and reflect. By putting too much pressure on building, you remove the breathing space necessary for creativity and figuring out what really will make a difference. Not obsessing over velocity is a matter of respect, do we believe our developers are capable and trust them to deliver without a velocity sword poised to strike them? Scrum already contains enough instruments that instill a sense of urgency to deliver something valuable every sprint. Scrum gives developers far more power than most people believe. Don't allow a self-serving and erroneous interpretation of Scrum to put you in an imaginary box. Break free of this box and use Scrum to your advantage. Don't be fooled by the velocity nonsense your company is feeding you. Scrum gives a lot of power to developers by design. Don't take my word for it, read the Scrum Guide on your own. Scrum, by design, wants to empower the people that do the work to invent their own rules. Use that power to work at a sustainable pace and work on technical debt as you see fit. If you're working as a cook in a restaurant, you don't need to ask permission to clean the kitchen while you are cooking. Why should developers ask for permission to clean up their code? If it's necessary to do your job, you shouldn't need to ask anyone for permission. As long as you can deliver the sprint goal as promised, nobody should be bothered by the other things you do in the shadows to make the product deliver value to your customers and the business. No one should even care about how many backlog items you complete, as long as you deliver a product increment that meets the sprint goal. Developers don't allow yourself to be bullied by velocity. Put yourself back in the driving seat where you belong. Don't let others, who have no clue what you're doing, dictate how much work you pick up. You know best as a professional you deserve this respect and trust from the company you work for.
2: A message from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you here how it works. It's free, you can register free online. Just go to Anchor.fm and register. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or desktop computer, that's how easy it is. Anchor will also help to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many more other platforms. You can also generate income from your podcast, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. Now, you can download the Anchor apps from the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Enjoy the podcast, thanks again. how to lead a digital transformation, ethically. The fact that COVID-19 accelerated the need for digital transformation across virtually all sectors is old news. What companies are doing to propel success under the circumstances has been under the spotlight. However, how they do it has managed to find a place in the shadows. Simply put, The explosive increase in innovation and adoption of digital solutions shouldn't be allowed to take place at the expense of ethical considerations. This is about morals, but it's also about the bottom line. Stakeholders, both internal and external, are increasingly intolerant of companies that blur, or ignore, ethical lines. These realities add up to a need for leaders to embrace an all new learning curve how to engage in digital transformation that includes ethics by design. Ethics as an afterthought is asking for problems. It's easy to rail against the evils of the executive lifestyle or golden parachuting, but more often than not, a pattern of ethics violations arises from company wide culture, not leadership alone. Ideally, Employees act ethically because it aligns with their personal values. However, at a minimum, they should understand the risk that an ethical breach represents to the organization. In my experience, those conversations are not being held. Call it poor communication or lack of vision, but most companies rarely model potential ethical risks, at least not openly. If those discussions take place, they're typically between members of upper management, behind closed doors. Why don't ethical concerns get more of a town hall treatment? The answer may come down to an unwillingness to let go of traditional thinking about business hierarchies. It could also be related to the strong, and ironically, toxic, cultural message that positivity rules. Case in point, I've listened to leaders say they want to create a culture of disruptive thinking, only to promptly tell an employee who speaks up that they lack a growth mindset. What's the answer, then? There are three solutions I've found to be effective. 1. Making ethics a core value of the organization. 2. Embracing transparency. 3. Proactively developing strategies to contend with ethical challenges and violations. These simple solutions are a great starting point to solve ethics issues regarding digital transformation and beyond. They cause leaders to look into the heart of the company and make decisions that will impact the organization for years to come. Interpersonal dynamics are a concern in the digital transformation arena. Making digital shifts is, by nature, a technical operation. It requires personnel with advanced and varied expertise in areas such as AI and data operations. Leaders in the digital transformation space are expected to possess enough cross-domain competency to tackle tough problems, that's a big ask, bringing a host of technically-minded people together can easily lead to a culture of expertise arrogance that leaves people who don't know the lingo intimidated and reluctant, to ask questions. Digital transformation isn't simply about infrastructure or tools. It is, at its heart, about change management, And a multifunctional approach is needed to ensure a healthy transition. The biggest mistake companies can make is assuming that only technical experts should be at the table. The silos that are built as a result inevitably turn into echo chambers, the last place you want to hold a conversation about ethics. In the rush to go digital, regardless of how technical the problem, the solution will still be a fundamentally human-centric one ethical digital transformation needs a starting point not all ethical imperatives related to digital transformation are as debatable as the suggestion that it should be people first some are much more black and white like the fact that you have to start somewhere to get anywhere luckily somewhere doesn't have to be from scratch government risk and compliance grc Standards can be used to create a highly structured framework that's mostly closed to interpretation and provides a solid foundation for building out and adopting digital solutions. The utility of GRC models applies equally to startups and multinationals and offers more than just a playbook. Thoughtful application of GRC standards can also help with leadership evaluation, progress reports and risk analysis. Think of it like using bowling bumpers, they won't guarantee you roll a strike but they'll definitely keep the ball out of the gutter. Of course, a given company might not know how to create a GRC-based framework, just like most of us would be at a loss if tasked with building a set of bowling bumpers. This is why many turn to providers like IBM Open Pages, Cobit and ITIL for prefab foundations. These starter kits all share a single goal, identify policies and controls that are relevant to your industry or organization and draw lines from those to pivotal compliance points. Although getting started with the GRC process is typically cloud-based and at least partially automated, it requires organization-wide input and transparency. It can't be effectively run by specific departments or in a strictly top-down fashion. In fact, The single most important thing to understand about implementing GRC standards is that it will almost certainly fail unless both an organization's leadership and broader culture fully support the direction in which it points. An ethics-first mindset protects employees and the bottom line. Today's leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, influencers and more, can't be solely concerned with winning the digital race. Arguably, transformation is more of a marathon than a sprint. But either way, technique matters. In pursuing the end goal of competitive advantage, the how and why matter just as much as the what. This is true for all arms of an organization. Internal stakeholders such as owners and employees risk their careers and reputations by tolerating a peripheral approach to ethics. External stakeholders like customers, investors and suppliers have just as much to lose. Their mutual understanding of this fact is what's behind the collective, cross-industry push for transparency. We've all seen the massive blowback against individuals and brands in the public eye who allow ethical lapses on their watch. It's impossible to fully eliminate the risk of experiencing something similar, but it is a risk that can be managed. The danger is in letting the tech blinders of digital transformation interfere with your view of the big picture. Companies that want to mitigate that risk and rise to the challenges of the digital era in a truly ethical way need to start by simply having conversations about what ethics, transparency and inclusivity mean, both in and around the organization. They need to follow up those conversations with action where necessary, and with open-mindedness across the board. It's smart to be worried about innovation lag in a time when enterprise is moving and shifting faster than ever. But there is time to make all the proper ethical considerations. Failing to do so will only derail you down the line.
0: The four strategies of digital transformation. Digital transformation requires focusing on the aspects that are most crucial to current and anticipated future needs and clarity to successfully maintain the pace of the transformation as it moves between phases. As organizations rush to devise frameworks and enable digital transformation, experience has shown that the process is not a monolithic task. Indeed, it consists of various strategies, each with its unique effects on an organization. As top business leaders benefit from the disruption caused by the pandemic, the potential of these initiatives to yield a return on investment is still closely tied to sequencing them according to the organization's most pressing needs and proceeding swiftly. When thinking about digital transformation, simplify your approach into four strategies. One, process transformation, leveraging technology to redesign processes to streamline operations and increase the value delivered to customers. Two business model transformation embedding comprehensive resource plans focusing on enhanced profitability and new revenue generation opportunities three domain transformation introducing new synergies related to adjacent or entirely new markets it involves blurring boundaries and bridging gaps between legacy market positioning and encroaching niche markets created by new digital capabilities four cultural transformation, adopting new systems and digital functionality empowering personnel to collaborate, eliminate unnecessary effort, and increase transparency and accountability through technology. This type requires encouraging and supporting a shift in employee mindset around the role digital plays in their day-to-day responsibilities, breaking digital transformation down into its constituent strategies. While businesses across industries identify the urgent need to implement their digital transformation, most face expensive investments that historically yield a low return. High failure potential is typically evident from lack of employee engagement and insufficient support from top management. Still, there's one that is coming to the fore as an equal deterrent to success, lack of clarity. Treating digital transformation as a singular process can cause organizations to misallocate resources across their digital transformation journey. As a result, transformation becomes bloated with immaterial details and a confused workforce that is slow to adopt change. This lack of clarity is reasonably easy to address by understanding the latest digital transformation strategies, the four outlined above and extensively detailed below, and utilizing each one effectively with well-defined intent and outcomes. The new business landscape, dynamic and fast-paced, calls for speed and precision in implementing digital transformation to stay ahead of threats from rivals. Organizations must cut through complexity and empower faster, nimbler, and more effective decision-making. The following is an in-depth analysis of the four strategies of digital transformation. Process transformation. Process transformation involves the practices, procedures, and work instructions that guide the operations of a company. Capabilities tend to revolve around data, analytics, machine learning, AI, and other novel technologies that can help a company re-engineer the value delivery chain. As businesses adopt new processes, enabled by various digital capabilities and user interfaces, Maintaining communication and consistent data flow is critical, requiring substantial changes and investment to the IT architecture underpinning the organization's digital capabilities. Many companies are turning to cloud-native solutions due to higher availability, scalability and cost-effectiveness. Be mindful, however, that cloud adoption is not suitable for all use cases, but it can create better cost-to-benefit opportunities. Li & Feng, a logistics organization, is a case study for process transformation effectiveness. By overhauling their model-generating system and shifting it to the cloud, the company reduced the time to design by 50% and month-end closing times by 30%. The transformation increased capital efficiency by $200 million, demonstrating the bottom-line impact of a well-executed and successful process transformation strategy. Process transformation impacts an organization's entire digital framework and requires significant updates and new capabilities. Implementation is best led collectively by an organization's Chief Information Officer, CIO, Chief Digital Data Officer, CDO, Chief Technology Officer, CTO, and Chief Innovation Officer, Chino. A practical, and adequately planned process transformation aims at creating a robust digital architecture for the business that enhances the speed to market of new offerings through increased scalability and agility. Greater access to data. Information is a strategic asset and requires access to a cornucopia of data sources. A successful process transformation strategy broadens and deepens access to data, empirically gauging company performance and identifying high-impact opportunities. 45% of business leaders see big data as the key to predicting business outcomes with greater certainty and precision. Data is often wide-ranging, covering various aspects of a business. Leaders can leverage this newly accessible data to inform other aspects of their digital transformation and accurately identify the exact areas where an organization's processes Are struggling to meet demand data also has far-reaching effects on the consumer it can allow an organization to establish a 360 degree customer view where each interaction serves as a data point that when viewed in context informs the organization on the best way to engage the customer business model transformation business model transformation encompasses the fundamentals of the organization's value delivery often extending to the factors that drive profitability. It adopts the technology that enables a business's new capabilities and expands its reach to serve customers previously unavailable. A successful strategy starts with reimagining the customer journey that accounts for the transformation and its impact on customer value delivery. Businesses must mitigate against new friction that may arise from change. As we've found in our work with clients, best practice includes comparing the remapped customer journey with long-standing consumer expectations. It's equally essential to modify value proposition communications, highlighting increased customer benefits. In recent years, we have seen the business model transformation is applied, in earnest, to company billing functions. Interconnectedness created by cloud technologies, example, Internet of Things empowers organizations to implement new billing capabilities, and many others, while minimizing customer impact, maintaining relationships and securing ongoing business. Such shifts have become prevalent, with organizations that were previously dependent on pay-as-you-go models shifting to subscription models and cloud-hosted payment gateways. Similarly, some businesses have capitalized on business model transformation to tiered pricing enabling them to capture a broader range of customer segments and cater to various budgets. Adapting to achieve agility. Business model transformation usually includes proactive and reactive elements, especially as businesses continue to face disruption and competitor threats. Besides its proven ability to create new opportunities to maximize profit and capture a larger share of the market, Business model transformation enables organizations to achieve the agility necessary to respond swiftly to competitors and to absorb impact while mobilizing effective shielding when disruptions occur. Highly agile businesses have quickly devised ways to continue serving customers even during a significant disruption event. This skill typically increases when companies harness business model transformation strategies driven by adaptability, scalability, and flexibility. High flexibility is usually evident by deeply ingrained agility powered by digital tools, including supply chain management, customer communication, and workflow management systems used every day. Domain transformation. Domain transformation focuses on equipping the organization with the latest digital capabilities to serve new markets. In unison with the organization's needs, It extends services to markets previously adjacent to its traditional operations or entirely new ones. Though leaders typically leverage domain transformation to disrupt a new industry, opportunities also exist for incumbents. When properly organized and informed, market incumbents have the advantage of deploying resources to preempt threats from probable competitors. Amazon presents a case study on this with the creation of Amazon Web Services. The organization repurposed technology that it had been using internally and scaled it to provide cloud computing infrastructure to small business and enterprise customers that led to entirely new revenue opportunities with amazon web services now accounting for over 60 percent of the organization's revenue other large businesses that have successfully carried out domain transformation projects include netflix and adobe netflix for its part, went from providing streaming services that were based entirely on content offered by third parties to creating and producing content. This shift led to a 56% increase in profits and a compound annual growth rate of 59%. Adobe, similarly, shifted from selling tools for designers to becoming a creator and distributor of digital experiences, resulting in a 27% increase in growth. Repositioning the Core Domain transformation tends to be easier to achieve once the business has successfully implemented a more robust and agile core, mitigating risks associated with entering new markets where success requires sustainability, repeatability, and scalability. Completing the transformation of an organization's core i.e. foundational businesses processes also provides insight into whether the company can reap meaningful benefits from crossing over into new markets and uncover synergies that leaders can leverage to thrive in new markets. Sequence matters. If the organisation lacks sufficient resources to serve new markets and meet customer expectations set by incumbents, partnerships with other businesses may be necessary to cover any shortfall. This stopgap relies on extensive core transformation beforehand to identify mutually beneficial partnership opportunities. Vitally, Any partnership faces the challenge of protecting intellectual property, IP, doable with modern digital infrastructure and security standards. The challenges of repositioning the core are often the same. It mainly depends on redefining historical business boundaries, expanding them to identify and absorb new niches, reskilling internal talent and sourcing target market experts to quickly scale and take market share from the competition. Cultural transformation. Cultural transformation primarily focuses on fundamentally changing how employees carry out tasks and collaborate across the organization. Shifting employee mindsets tends to be the first step when implementing this kind of change, ensuring that workforce resistance doesn't get in the way of the transformation's benefits. Top management often works closely with middle management to devise strategies and in-depth monitoring tools to give insight into the adoption rates of new digital tools introduced to the workforce. An effective transformation strategy and toolset empowers staff with agile workflows, granting them the ability and means to be innovative in their current role. Collaboration Organizations are becoming increasingly focused on influencing culture by introducing digital tools that increase collaboration between employees. This trend includes applications that reduce friction in employee communication, such as knowledge-sharing platforms and video conferencing apps. Collaboration-focused cultural transformation enables more generous sharing of information between various organisation departments. Departments such as marketing, sales and customer support can share information seamlessly, with each department benefiting from a broader context. The result is greater organizational alignment, ensuring that customers receive a consistent brand experience, which has proven to boost revenue by at least 34%. Greater efficiency and training. Increasing employee productivity is also a probable use case in cultural transformation. Productivity tracking options are growing exponentially, With 75% of organisations now using HR analytics to identify efficiency gaps in how their employees work and structure training projects to address improvement opportunities. Beyond individual employee performance, HR analytics offer a holistic, data-driven view of workforce performance that is more objective than the traditional review process. Companies can gather performance data across the enterprise and still drill down, when needed, to uncover individual contributions to a specific project. Best practice includes giving employees the ability to self-evaluate their performance based on similar datasets, encouraging more effective self-assessments and subsequent professional improvement. Cultural transformation can also promote efficiency by giving employees the means to share resources within the organisation. One study found that staff loses one hour of productive time during meetings because of poor planning and minor logistical issues such as booking conference rooms. New digital capabilities eliminate this problem by empowering employees to book resources based on availability and utilize AI tools to automate the process. This planning and liaison, which often comes at the cost of lower productivity and less time spent on mission-critical tasks, is another example of how digital transformation can create a more efficient workforce. Closing Thoughts. As organizations prepare to plan and implement a digital transformation initiative, they must determine the strategies they require based on their needs and aspirations to be successful. Doing so ensures that they be intentional and remain focused on current and future needs, enabled through the digital capabilities necessary to remain competitive And relevant. Focused intent offers the fastest and most assured route to a digital transformation that positions an organization for future success, creating differentiation and a unique value proposition that ensures a company's solvency for years to come. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Please also support us by clicking the support button at our page anchor.fm forward slash maifers, M-A-I-F-O-R-S. That's all for today, hope you enjoy the podcast, we will see you again in the next episode. Have a great day, take care and stay safe.